You are listening to the Torah Sparks Podcast, the podcast that finds and ignites sparks of spiritual light and meaning in anything and everything, bringing out lessons and values straight from the Holy Torah. I am your host, Ori Strum. Let's jump right in. About 35 minutes north of Denver, Colorado, is Cherry Creek State Park. If you haven't been there, go check it out. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. It's located in Arapo. I don't know how to pronounce that, to be honest. A-R-A-P-A-H-O-E. So it's in Arapo County, Colorado. And at the center of the park's 4,000-acre area is an 880-acre reservoir, which serves as a boating haven for all types of boaters. Power boats, sailboats, you name it, paddle crafts, uh, jet skis. You want to come up with another boat name? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go do that. So I was there a couple years ago and we went, you know, sailboat boating. It's kind of funny when I talk about the story about sailboating because, like, until that, until I went there, um, I, I always viewed sailboating like kind of like golf, like. You kind of question, is it really a sport? And then, you know, anyone who knows golf, you realize it's one of the hardest sports and it's one of the most technical sports and it takes a tremendous amount of skill. You have to just do it. You have to go in there. So I, I the similar phenomenon with uh, sailboating, like, what do you mean, sail? What, a sailboat? It's just like a, a nautica shirt. What, what does that mean? Like, that's not a sport. But if you actually go ahead and go on a sailboat, you'll realize there is a tremendous amount of skill, um, and it is a true sport. Um, so, you know, it's... Again, it comes off as like more laid back and chilled, but but it it could get exciting, and I'll tell you what happened with me and the sailboating. So it was a beautiful day; almost no clouds were visible in the stunning blue skies of Colorado. And I, I'm not an expert boater by any means, but it, it seemed like it was an awfully it was like the perfect day to go sailing. So put on the hat, sunblock, sunglasses. I went with my wife, my brother, my sister-in-law, and we headed to Cherry Creek State Park. Um, we went with a, a non-Jewish like guide, um, and he took us. He was excited, and honestly, most of us we've never we've never been sailing before, and we were naturally excited for this excursion and adventure. Um, the guy who took us, he he was a a good friend of my grandfather. His name is Shane, and he was he went sailing for with his buddies for over ten years. And you know he he, he decided he'll show up show us the ropes, no pun intended. And uh, so there we were, sitting in the back of the boat, laughing, having a good time, enjoying the breathtaking landscape and the horizon, and having a relaxing conversation. We were talking about life. We were talking about religion. It was great. A few hours into the sailing adventure, the sky, it started to get a little cloudy, and the wind started to pick up a drop. And one of the ropes on the front sail um, fell out of place. Shane, the captain, he walked to the front of the boat, and he tried to fix it. And you can't make this stuff up. At literally that moment when this guy, Shane, went to the front of the boat, which we learned after that when you're sailing, you never go to the front 
end of the boat. That's like a big no-no, big mistake. As soon as he did that, a strong gust of wind hit the sails of the boat. And the entire boat, it was 22 feet long, it completely turned over on its side. I remember just being perpendicular with the water and just looking at it until it hit me in the face. We just... All of us were thrown into the into the water. Um, you could call it capsized. Um, it, the boat literally went. It was like ninety degrees. Even though the, it went, I said it was twenty two feet long, but the, it went up about twenty six feet tall. Um, you know, with the mast and and the uh, with the mast of the boat, it, it keeled over into the water. We all th- were thrown off the boat into the water, and within a minute and a half, happens to be, thank God, a ranger speedboat with blue and red flashing lights came to rescue us. Bar Hashem, we all were good swimmers, so you know we were totally fine, uh, completely unharmed. Uh, the water just happened to be a little cold, and I guess it was a little scary to be thrown in. But uh, you know, we climbed safely aboard, and the rescue ranger zoomed us back to the dry and safe dock and thank god we we're all fine so you know that that was the story that happened but there's a detail of the story that i didn't yet tell you and that is literally a minute i would say less than that i would say about 30 seconds before this gust of wind came you know for the last who knows it was so nice i i i took off my life jacket about 30 seconds before um, the wind came and we, our boat capsized. My wife turned to me and said, please put on your life jacket. And at the time, I didn't really want to. It's thick. It's annoying. It, it's just really annoying to wear that those life jackets. But, you know, looking back, I'm, I'm, she, she, was, she was right. She had some type of intuition. I don't know how she knew that maybe the boat was going to capsize. But, um... It, it, this story really connects with this week's Parsha, Parsha's Pinchas. You know, we're taught something phenomenal regarding the woman of the Jewish people. After the Torah discusses the distribution of the portions of the land of Israel to the various tribes, and after the Torah mentions the census, the count of the Jewish people, the Torah tells us a story. It tells us a story about the five daughters, the daughters of Tzlafchad, the Benos Tzlafchad. I think there's a new seminary opening up called um, I'm kidding. So, right, feeling bad and down, well, they, right, they felt bad. They weren't allotted a portion of inheritance like the rest of the male folk, and they complained to Moshe and to the tribal leaders about the situation. They said, our father died in the desert. He was not part of the group that rebelled against Hashem, nor was he in Korach's assembly, but rather he died to his own sin. He had no sons, right? Were his children, were his daughters. Why should our father's name be missed? Why should our father's name be missed from his family because he had no son, right? Give us a portion along with our father's brothers. So the Benos Tavchad were requesting that they too should be involved and part of the allotment of land. And in and Moshe didn't, you know, just so he's a power of a leader, he didn't just turn them away and say, no, no, no. He said, you know what? You have an interesting title. You have an interesting uh, complaint you're bringing. Let me take it to the boss. And he took it to the capital boss, capital B of capital B for boss, Hashem. And Hashem told Moshe, ultimately, you know, Tzlafel's daughters, they spoke well, and they're in fact entitled to a double portion of inheritance in the land of Israel. <sighs> So let's go to the commentaries for a moment, and they, you know, they question what what what's what's going on. Why is it that 
the passage about Slavcha's daughters follows right after uh, the count, the census of the Jewish people. What's the juxtaposition? And Rashi really deals with this, and he tells us something amazing. Besides Rekolev and Yeshua, there was a decree upon all the men involved with the sin of the spies, right? When they spoke negatively about the land of Israel, and there was a decree that they would not make it out of the desert alive. And this decree, interestingly enough, not only did it not include Kalev and Yeshua, it also did not include the woman, because the woman cherished and loved the land of Eretz Yisrael. The men said, let us appoint a leader and return to Egypt. It was the men who said that, but it was the woman who said, give us a portion in the land of Israel. You know, the Lubavitch Rebbe points out something amazing. He says, We see from this Rashi how women have many impressive qualities in which they are superior to men. He explains that these qualities that the Jewish women possess are crucial to the survival of the Jewish people. The women are practically responsible for the observance of the laws of family purity, as well as kashras in the home. These important laws have a major influence on the destiny of the Jewish people. It gives us a certain identity, a certain value, where, again, it's primarily the women who are involved in this. And even when the men of the generation gave up and they wanted to return to Egypt and they spoke disparagingly about the men, it was the women of the generation who were able to remain calm and strong in their faith in the Almighty. They cherished the promise and the hope of going to the land of Eretz Yisrael, and they were not going to let loose on that emotional hold. According to Chazal, it will be in the merit of the righteous woman of the Nashim Tzedkanios of our generation and their strong, unwavering belief in the final redemption. That's when we will be redeemed. So, you know, we all have some type of a woman in our life, whether it's a mother, whether it's a grandmother, whether it's a spouse, um, maybe whether it's a daughter or a granddaughter, a daughter, um, maybe it's I don't know somebody else, a, a local Rebbitzin. But it isn't interesting that we learn um, your particular message, you know, from the Benoz Slavchad um, and from, from the about the power, about the Bini Yisera, about the Emuna and the bitachon that the women have. And that's something, you know, if you're a woman listening to this, great. If you're a man listening to this, then also great. Everybody has their own role. Everyone has their own. But we can all learn from each other. And one thing in particular that we can learn from the women is their unwavering belief, their commitment, that emotional bond that they have, that close connection that they have. Uh, when Hashem says something, I'm going to take you to Eretz Yisrael, that they, that's, that's an emotional bond that sticks and you know may we be zocher that may it be soon Hashem you know we shouldn't have a Tisha B'Av this year rather we should experience Geula Meheira V'yameinu Amen thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Torah Sparks podcast if you like this content please rate please leave a review I would greatly appreciate it don't forget to get your copy if you have not already done so yet of Ready, Set, Grow. I think you'll like it. And with that, to the loops, and have a great rest of your week.